Welcome to Collision Cast, Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Mike Munzenreiter, associate editor for Fender Bender, and with me today is Megan Williams, co-founder of digital marketing company 3P Marketing Solutions, and a collision repair marketing expert to talk about geofencing. Thanks for joining us again, Megan. Appreciate it. And uh, we're going to dive into a topic that I think you're a little bit excited about, geofencing. Yes. It's a relatively new term to me, and I have a feeling it might be a new term uh, to shop owners, other listeners, in terms of marketing and what it can do for a business. I guess first things first, what is geofencing? Yeah, so geofencing is a digital marketing tactic that utilizes GPS data and like location services that runs in the background of cell phones um, to kind of pinpoint and make it possible to intentionally serve your ads to people whenever they're doing something that means you should be sending your ads to them. So in this case, for the collision repair industry, um, what we would do is kind of put a fence, an online fence, if you will, around the perimeter of competitor buildings or insurance agent offices, et cetera. So that when people are walking in and have their cell phones just on their body, not necessarily utilizing them, it kind of pings that fence that they're there. And then that allows us to then serve ads for our collision repair center client to those people. Wow. Okay. So what types of ads are we talking about? Yeah. So these ads are, we typically make them in five different sizes, which is the recommended way to do things. Because when you make the ads in five sizes, they're able to show up online across tons, like hundreds of thousands of different websites. They show up on apps. Like, you know, there might be a weather channel app with a banner across the top. And so by making the ad sizes in five different sizes, we're actually able to appropriately serve them across cell phones, Um, tablets, like iPads, as well as desktop computers and laptops. Got it. So let me get this straight. If someone goes into, say, an insurance office and maybe they're, you know, waiting for a couple of minutes, they whip out their phone and they check an app that has an ad in it and boom, there's, there's an ad for your shop. So it's kind of like that, but it's just a little bit different in the sense that what we need to be running is like that location services. And that's like what fuels your GPS. Like when you Google restaurants near me, you know, and you have a list of restaurants that are actually near you, those Mm -hmm. location services is what is necessary to just be running in the background of your phone. And so whenever someone walks in, they actually don't even need to be on the phone. It just needs to be like on their person, if you will, like it could just be in their pocket the whole time. Um, And like I said, it's not necessarily instantaneous, but when the person's in that, you know, insurance agent's lobby, it is pinging that electronic fence that we put around the roof line um, that that person is there. And then like, let's say that evening they're on their phone um, and they're looking at something that's whenever the body shop clients ads would start to serve to them. Um, And what's really cool is this capability is able so that we can actually serve ads across cell phones initially. Cause you know, that's, what's kind of triggering the ads to start, but then mm-hmm. we're also able to serve cross platform, which means if they are logged in, you know, on, let's say they go home and they connect to their home's Wi-Fi, and then their iPad is connected to that Wi-Fi and their wife's computer or something is connected to that Wi-Fi. We're then able to serve ads across all those devices. You know, we're serving 
our body shop clients adds to them. And then if, and when they end up stepping foot into our clients, um, body shop, it actually pings the software. Cause there's a fence around their building as well that, Hey, this person first went to this competitor location. We started showing them ads and then they ended up coming into your shop. And so it's really awesome to be able to kind of utilize technology and, you know, cell phone data essentially, and literally tell you where people are going and then how many people came into your door as well. So it falls into that category of trackable marketing that we're always talking about. Yes. Great. Um, How new is this technology? It's kind of a I guess I knew some of this sort of thing was possible, but it seems when you break it down like this, it's pretty uh, kind of mind blowing, frankly. Yeah. So I do not have an exact date of when it like came to fruition, if you will, but I discovered it in 2017 and it was kind of not commonly spoke of at that time. And my reason for even stumbling upon it, if you will, is because I was marketing our MSO in Indiana and we've been just throwing tons of money at TV and radio ads in, you know, there's no way to track what's happening once you spend that money and those ads are put out. And so I was just in conversation with someone and they mentioned geofencing and I was like, well, this is exactly what I've been needing. And so kind of dabbled in it for a little bit and just saw that immediate return and loved having that monthly reporting that shows, you know, Mm -hmm. where the ads are going, how many people are clicking on the ads, which then takes them to your website. Um, and of course, how many people are we getting into our door thanks to this marketing? Cool. Yeah. So how complicated is this to set up? So you actually do have to utilize a digital marketing agency to do this. Um, and the reason is because we have to essentially buy like the software that we're using um, is reserved only for agencies. So it has like a really expensive, you know, starting price, if you will. And so basically the keys to getting started would be to just find a digital marketing agency, ideally one that has, you know, some information and is familiar with the collision repair industry. And then honestly, all you really need to do is, um, identify how many miles out from your location you're really trying to saturate. And then you would provide a list of like, let's say 15 to 20, um, competitors, you know, it could be body shops, it could be dealerships of your OEM certifications that you're wanting to target, um, tow yards, etc. Um, all we really need to get started is that list of addresses, and then we take it from there. And then, like I said, every month you would be getting a report. Wow. Yeah, this is also interesting. What does geofencing cost? I suppose it scales depending on how much you want to do. Correct. So a few things that we need whenever we're putting together, you know, those package options, if you will, is we look at how many competitors there are that we're trying to geofence, um, what the population is in that area. And then like kind of what is the scope? Like, is it a rural area that's more spread out or is it a really densely populated area like our clients that are in New York? And so we take into all those things in a config, you know, configuring a package for them. And usually our packages start at like $2,000 a month. Um, there's a few cases that are less than that, but then we also have people that are upwards of $10,000 a month. Oh, okay. Um, in terms of returns on that investment, uh, what, what type of numbers, I guess, in that, in your personal experience than anything you can share about customers? Yeah. So definitely fully transparent with all that. And whenever, this is a really common question I get whenever we're speaking with a shop owner who's interested in geofencing. And 
typically depending on, like I said, there's so many factors, how many competitors, what the size of their budget is. Cause you know, the size of the budget directly correlates to how many ads we're able to serve through geofencing each month. And so I would say on average, our campaigns are getting anywhere from 15 for our, our smaller, really rural clients, um, up to almost 60 conversions a month. And, you know, it's important to note that those 15 to 60 people that we're bringing into the shop each month do not guarantee that that's, you know, an RO, but all we can do is get them into your lobby. And then it's kind of up to the CSRs and the estimators to really sell and get that job. Another common question that people get yeah, in terms of geofencing, <laughs> no problem, is do I know, like, how do I know if someone like in my city is targeting my shop? Um, and really, it's really hard to figure that out because the only way that you would be able to tell is if consider, you know, your not necessarily a wasted shop, impression, like, but maybe a few days notice that you suddenly got um, an so influx of point, ads on your you know, phone unless you and your team saw your them for the first few days for your you competitor in your anymore. Um, and there is the no reason that that is like that, block assuming that your marketing agency is set the geofencing like up properly, a, is that we are only trying to target and serve ads to people that are infrequently coming. Because mm-hmm. if they're yeah, frequently so that's coming, how everything that tells goes, us that you know, it's based you know, an employee on, or maybe a part thousand dollar month package, et cetera. Or a five thousand dollar package. And so we want to be only targeting we'll in, a few infrequent visitors. And so that's go why, with, you know, whenever the someone would start their marketing really campaign well, and, and having you geofence, you may see ads places geofence ads do. But then once, you know, your employees and dollars a month, you're getting coming back to the shop, it should then show $4,000 a month, you're getting 400,000 ads, which these are just examples for simplicity. But that is basically how it works. So once again, depending on your population size, how many geofences that you're wanting to run, you know, if it's 15 or if it's 30, um, we have some clients that have up to like 50 to 60 geofences based on their location. Um, so yeah, those are all those factors that go into creating the ideal marketing plan for you because everything needs to be customized. Got it. Yeah, great. Um, and I guess I'm just curious, you know, another kind of side thought, how many different businesses are using geofencing? Essentially everything. Um, every, just like my experience, I have um, clients that are in every industry pretty much as you can think of from doctors to pizza places, to urgent care centers, um, you know, collision repair is my specialty because that's my interest and my background. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's really, you, you know, you can really tailor it to everything because I know a lot of people are familiar with if you are online looking for a light fixture today, you know, you may get on Facebook or you may get on the internet later today or tomorrow and you're going to start seeing ads for, you know, lighting fixtures. And that's the same concept. Um, the reason that this is so impactful in, for, in terms of geofencing is that our, you know, the collision repair customer is only getting in a wreck every seven to 11 years. And so we don't need to necessarily be throwing out messages to people 24 seven. Of course, there's some, you know, benefit to brand awareness, but, you know, our money is made whenever that person gets in a wreck and they're literally looking for collision repair in that moment. And that's why geofencing is just such a perfect marketing tool to use for collision repair centers, because we can literally target just those people at that time. Got it. So I know it, it, there's a element of kind of brave new world here, but it sounds like even um, especially for collision repair, this kind of targeted marketing would probably, you know, the, the pros of how targeted it can be can outweigh the cons that it might be a little strange for that ad to pop up instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, this would 
it's a little bit less creepy than that since it's not like instantly just like popping up on their phone and like overtaking the screen or anything like that. You know, it is more so meshed into what they're reading about or what they're looking on. So it's not, you know, overwhelming, if you will. But yeah, this is definitely a good way um, to kind of test the waters. And, you know, as long as you're working with the right person who understands the industry, they should be able to set you up, you know, for success. Got it. And uh, last question, I suppose, just in terms of, you know, is this the future of marketing? Uh, I don't think anybody should ever put their uh, all their eggs in one basket, so to speak. But uh, mm-hmm. could this be, you know, a significant part of someone's marketing budget for their shop? Definitely. So, of course, you know, there's always a place for TV and radio advertisements. Like I said, you know, brand awareness is great. And that's essentially what those are because they're not targeted to people only looking for collision repair. So that paired with ideally doing events in your community, um, as well as geofencing, just being one of the many tactics that we have for collision repair centers and marketing is just so impactful because, you know, you're getting the off offline world, you know, by doing the TV, the radio, the public events, but then online where people are spending a ton of time on their phones and computers you know, by utilizing geofencing and maybe bringing in some Google AdWords and some social media marketing, like on Facebook, you're really like completing the marketing circle, if you will. And so you're really able to kind of stay in front of that potential customer. Awesome. That's a great place to leave it. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Once again, I'm Mike Munzenreiter with Fender Bender, and this was Collision Cast.